Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Everybody, uh, tonight is an AMA, Ask Me Anything. Any question, any topic, thanks for everybody watching on IG. Thanks for everybody watching on Facebook. Uh, I don't plan on doing any um, screen sharing tonight, so uh, Instagram, you guys will probably get the full thing here. Uh, we're already got the questions pouring in over here. Uh, this is going to be awesome tonight, guys. Um, it is uh, the busiest year of my life. I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my life. And, uh, I absolutely love doing this with you guys. And I'm just trying to strike that balance of, uh, family, uh, personal and professional time, uh, here. So we got a whole bunch of fun stuff going on here, uh, this evening, uh, housekeeping, as you guys would expect, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go through all your guys' comments on IG and Facebook here as we go. Uh, so here's the, here's the deal, folks. There's a lot going on right now. And for me, uh, my year is broken off into seasons, right? Like we get busier in summer painting and then it slows down in the winter a little bit. Uh, my company stays pretty busy through the year. Uh, but travel season is upon us and uh, industry event season is upon us. So uh, what you guys saw last week was an amazing first time triple event in our industry. And it was, I, I am still just reeling from how awesome it was. It was just an amazing, amazing time. Last week, if you guys missed it, I know you guys were following along on social media. We had a crazy uptick in viewership, interaction, and things like that. This was the first time in 140-year history of the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association. It is a nonprofit that's been around for 145 years. Uh, this is the first time in the history of that organization we had a women in paint conference, a commercial conference, and a national board of directors all at the same time. We all met in Nashville. Um, I had I had been prepping for months for this thing. I am the chairman of the board of directors of the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association, and one of my responsibilities is to lead my board uh, at in board meetings. And it is yes, it's just a meeting, right? But this is an all day meeting with leaders of leaders, people that are all way better. Uh, than me at leading and running businesses and all that other stuff. And uh, so it's it's a big responsibility. I prepped for months. I had a great, uh, I'm the protege of Jason Paris. Jason Paris is a great meeting facilitator. So I, I, I really liked his style. So I emulate my own style off that, obviously putting my own spin on it because you have to, you can't not do that. But I led an all day board of directors meeting um, where first we got updates from every single corner of the PCA, all the groups, the committees, the board of directors, the things like this. Then in the afternoon, we led uh, a great a great vision session where it is my responsibility to usher this group of people uh, to create a vision and a strategy for the coming years for this 140 year old association. So it doesn't go out of business. So it's still around to serve the industry. The motto of the PCA is to build better contractors. And last week we did it in spades and we did it in person. The women in paint conference was amazing. We had nearly a hundred women there. First time ever, right? There was uh, crazy leaders, uh, Corey Leister, Maggie Kuyper, and all the rest uh, that put that thing on. Then we had, uh, for the first time in a bunch of years, a commercial conference. We had almost 100 commercial contractors. We had contractors from single-person people who want to get into commercial 
painting to contractors that had over $300 million in revenue, 1,400 employees across multi-state operations. Uh, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. And the great thing about all that stuff, the through line, the through line uh, through all of it was every single human there was a servant leader. Every single person wanted to get together and learn from each other and give back to somebody else. Single owner operators, 1,400 employees. Every single person was right in there throwing a hand in and doing it. So this, it was amazing. I cannot tell you how amazing it was. I would urge you, if you saw the social media posts, you felt the energy from it, you should have been there in person. It was absolutely amazing. It was humbling. I'm so grateful to be doing this with all of you and being at the helm of this board and ushering some of this in with the help of all my people. Now, next week, Seattle, we're going opposite ends of the country. Uh, contractor reboot, uh, November 16th and 17th. We're going to be in downtown Seattle, the W Hotel. Hotel, Swanky, 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 beautiful, beautiful place. Um, it's going to be a multi-day event. Um, and it's sort of, we call it the contractor reboot because it's sort of one of that things where it's like the thesis of the whole event is, Right now, what your business looks like, what you're doing, does it align with your goal, what you wanted when you started this business? And it's sort of one of those things, it's that introspective week to get down and dirty, to shake up your strategy, shake up your vision, and we're heading into winter. This is the time where we start putting in a ton of time into our businesses. So there's going to be amazing uh, amount of speakers there. Of course, you guys know uh, Jason Paris and I will be flying down there. We're taking our show on the road again, and uh, people love following our, our adventures our follies out there. And uh, we, we had a great time this last time. Uh, people will love this. Both of us got upgraded to first class because we fly a lot. We sat next to each other and immediately uh, a, a, another flight passenger came in and dumped a big gulp right down the back of Jason's shirt onto his seat and it puddled up on his pants in there. And that was on our way to Nashville. So he sat in soggy pants the whole way through. And guys like Jason and I, we look at each other and like, of course, we're from Minnesota. We can't possibly have a good first class experience. Something would happen to us, right? But it was fun. You guys know he's got a he's a, he's always in great spirits. A awesome guy to travel with. So, all right, reminder. I'm going to get in a few more housekeeping things. Any question, any topic, anything you guys want to talk about tonight? I am here for you. Uh, I am, of course, in my deer hunting regalia. I uh, 15 minutes ago, I literally walked in from the neighborhood meat shop here where we bring all our deer. It's a, it's a friend of mine's house, a neighbor, uh, and he created a commercial meat facility in his own uh, private property. And uh, it's basically where uh, there's a group of about 15 of us hunters from the area that hunt and we bring all our stuff there. And communally, we take care of the deer for each other. We clean them all. We process it. We make sausage. We smoke. We do other things. And uh, yeah. 15 minutes ago, we were cutting up three deer. Um, I got to cut up one of my own. I'll tell you that story too. And uh, one of the young guys in the hunting party, this is so cool. Monster, monster 10 pointer, the biggest rack you've ever seen. Monster. The deer was just a freaking monster. It was bigger than me. It, it probably was over a 200 pound deer, give or take. But, uh, and then we had a great thing, which is I got a buck on my own property. I'll tell you the story later. And then another young guy from a farm across the way, he shot a, a one year old deer, but it was his first deer ever. And it was just like this amazing experience of guys coming together and helping out. And it's a wonderful thing. So again, friends, connections turned into community, community turns into friendship, and it's just a beautiful thing. So, uh, all right, Contractor Reboot. I'm telling you guys, I know all you house painters, uh, your last minute sort of people, um, there's still time. If you walk up to the door in Seattle uh, at the Contractor Reboot Conference, information on the PCA's website, you're going to get in. We know that. We plan for it because house painters tend to be last minute people. That's completely fine. Um, 
Seattle is one of the hotspots uh, for engagement members, thought leaders in the uh, in the uh, PCA, and there's going to be awesome people there. I cannot wait. Cole Palea is one of the guys uh, helping to do logistics and everything else. Saw him at the commercial conference last week. One of the happiest dudes on earth. It makes me happy to see guys like him. So, all right, I tell you what, we're I got my hit list here. We're going to talk about some deer hunting stuff and how it translates into what we're doing here. Um, I want to talk about training and apprenticeship. And also, I want to answer any of your questions that you guys have here. So, all right, Sergey, good to see you, my friend. Chris Mole, as always. Hello, Chris Mole, my friend. One of the best looking house painters in the United States. John Harrell, how you doing, my friend? Aaron, how's it going? Oh, my friend Aaron, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Josh Spell, how you doing from Louisiana? Boy, would I love to do a master's class in Louisiana. Um, one of the first expos, I think maybe the first expo I ever went to was in uh, Louisiana uh, in uh, um, <laughs> New Orleans, New Orleans. And uh, I, uh, I, I had one of the biggest professional wins I've ever had publicly. And uh, immediately I went and I took to the streets of New Orleans by myself, hopping from bar to bar, from place to place just kind of thinking and doing everything. And I had one of the greatest afternoons of my life down there, just introspective time. And I absolutely love it. So Chris Mole, my brother from another mother, how are you, my friend? It's actually surpassed what I expected to be starting this company. I just wanted to pay bills. I got to make friends forever, see some of the most phenomenal businesses and grow astronomically personally. Uh, now we have an amazing team and it's all, all stuff. I'm not going to take compliments on here in the PCA. You can thank the PCA and everyone else I've met over the last six years. Seriously, man, we all came into this industry about the same time. You, me, Jason Paris, uh, you started right about the same time. And sometimes we forget you're so good at this, Chris, and you're just a stalwart in the industry. Sometimes we forget that you just started a paint company a few years ago and uh, kudos to your success and everything else. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you around at some industry events. I know uh, you'll be at Expo just like I will. Uh, later on. But the big one, the big push right now is the contractor reboot in Seattle next week. So hopefully we'll see you guys there. Uh, a couple more comments on Facebook, then we'll get to IG. Nick Nagel, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, Craig, how you doing, man? Oh, looking forward to reboot next week. dude. Oh, I can't wait to see you there, man. It's going to be so fun. Uh, <laughs> if uh, they asked me and Jason Paris to speak and either it's super dense spreadsheets, data statistics, or it's literally Laurel and Hardy. I don't know if we're going to uh, do it together or separate, but uh, either way, you guys are going to get value out of that. I can't wait. And a whole bunch of other awesome speakers too. So let's go to IG here. How is everybody doing? Oh man, plenty of people watching all over the place here. Do, 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 do. Hello, everybody. Oh, my daughter Aurelia watching. Hello, Nugget. Soft color Pinturas. Uh, my friend down in uh, Brazil. Brazil. When are you coming to California to teach a class? Hey, I am coming to California. Hold tight. Hold tight. I have stuff on the calendar. I am coming the 29th of November. Uh, I will be uh, I will be in Visalia, California. I know California is a big state. So you say, hey, I'm going to be in California. It literally could be half a day's drive. But here you go. Uh Choco Taco Love. Oh, man. Choco Taco. Hold on. I got a story about a Choco Taco later. Choco Taco Love. I will be in California uh, doing a private master's class Wednesday the 29th. Uh, master's class for Sherwin-Williams uh, on the 30th. And I will be in Visalia. Visalia. If you need more information, it'll be on the PCA's website or you can contact me and I will be there. Soft Color Pintoras, five years. <laughs> Onyx painting. Ask a painter on a Wednesday night. Cheers, amigo. Same to you, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for watching. 
I love this. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Onyx painting, not much. Asking what's new. Do, 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 do. Top line painting. How's it going, man? It's going, it's going really, really good for me. Let's see what else we got here. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Nathan Hutzel, how you doing, man? Nathan Hutzel uh, used to be an apprentice in my company. I uh, was turning into a master craftsperson, ended up moving away. Love that guy. Uh, super good family, man. Super good craftsperson. Started his own company in Southern Minnesota, just far enough where we don't really interact that much except for this. But I just saw a picture. Um, um, I love this guy in his, and he started his own company. And uh, he, uh, I saw a picture of him having a prepped out kitchen. It was one of the most beautiful prepped out kitchens ever. So I am so glad there's people like you taking care of clients out there. Nathan Hutzel, big fan of yours, buddy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, Choco Taco, I want some hot sticks. You bet uh, we're going to be making, uh, we're going to be making all that stuff sooner or later. Dane Carlson, how's it going? Do, do, do. Nick the Painter, how are you? Oh my God, we got lots of people watching tonight. Thank you guys. Sorry, I'll get through this stuff real quick. I know that this is uh, da, 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 da. Uh, <laughs> fortunate finishes. Let's get some motion down in Atlanta. Insane residential market rising. Absolutely, man. I love that. Oh, my God. Hey, hold on a second. Uh, let's see. Transformations with Jake. Toronto dates to come. All right. Hold on, folks. I'm I'm trying to pick and choose my, my dates here. Uh, we have a Minnesota's master's class on December 8th, which is kind of my homecoming for the year. We have a, let's see, do, 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 do. I just booked some. Deerfield, Massachusetts. Deerfield, Massachusetts, uh, January 9th in the coming year. We got a master's class there. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I am actually going the 22nd of January. I'll be going to Florida to talk to the Sherwin-Williams National Sales Committee, the entire Canadian contingent of store managers, paint reps, assistance, everybody else could be, I don't know, 500 people, 600 people, something like that. And hold tight. We have, then I'm heading to Florida on January 24th for veteran service brands. Then we have a winter retreat. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, I think in March, I'm going to Canada for residential repaint events. Talk to your Sherwin-Williams contractor. They're putting this on. We're, we're circling around some other events for that. So hold tight. Uh, coming there, I would love to go to Toronto. Again, people are asking about master's classes. If you want to get a master's class done, you put me, your paint rep that you have the best relationship with, uh, and you in an email, and you say, hey, there's this guy, Nick Slavic. You probably don't know him. He's a real loudmouth on the internet, and he does master's classes. We'd like to get him here to teach our contractors how to expand their businesses. And I will take it from there with you. Happy to do that. Nick at Nick Slavic. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Bree Cheese, 88. How long does it take for you to show up on PCA Overdrive? Yeah, so uh, we've been changing some uh, procedures and stuff within the PCA. Uh, there's some personnel uh, in there that, that get those uploaded. And sometimes I show up, sometimes I don't. Sometimes there's a backlog of my stuff getting on there. Personally, I have a backlog on YouTube I need to get to. I'm probably 60 shows behind, give or take. So uh, like I said, it's been the busiest year of my life and the funnest year of my life. And I want to take care of my people, both family and business here. So some things... Uh, get the, uh, get the sly, get the short end of that. But, uh, thank you for watching there. All right, let's go through some more comments here and then I'll hit on a few, but any, uh, again, this is an AMA show. Any, uh, ask me anything you want, any topic, uh, anything you like. So do, 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 uh, let's see here. Question for you. Do you use, do you, do you use calls or bang sheds together to bring in the big bucks? All right. 
questions here. We might good segue into, into deer hunting because this is uh, the first gun season in Minnesota. So basically this week is deer season. When you talk about deer season up North, this is sort of it here in Minnesota. Um, so I've, I've, I didn't grow up hunting. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I do know that critters love habitat, food, water, and silence and things like that. So if you give them a lot of that, it's kind of like fishing. It's like, how do you know what lure? How do you know what technique? If you're sitting on the fish, you can probably use whatever you want to catch the fish. Just like with deer and all these other things, it always feels like if they're there, there's a better chance of getting them. That's kind of like the biggest no dust statement ever. But if you sit in the middle of a cornfield, a plowed cornfield with a thousand acres around you, there's not going to be a deer anywhere near you. If you're in the woods in a quiet little section by a creek where they got plenty of cover to sleep, where they got plenty of food, things like that. Those are the things that I know to be true about deer hunting. Now, when you get into calling and grunting and and, and rattling sheds together, I've, I, I don't, I spend a lot of time in the woods doing this. I haven't had any effect calling or affecting deer's behavior with any of those things. Doesn't stop me from doing it on slow days. And in fact, um, the, one of the greatest moments of fatherhood in my life so far that I've had besides the birth of my kids and the marriage and, and, and starting a business and all that stuff is uh, this Sunday, my oldest son got his first deer ever. And again, just like apprenticeship, just like what we do, we recruit, we onboard, we train, and we retain. Same thing with this, which is I got my son involved very young with this deer hunting group. They're like a bunch of uncles and grandpas here. And they taught my kids how to cut up deer. They taught them how to cook things. They were fatherly and motherly, and they took care of them. And again, the culture of that um the culture of that group is like the culture of my company where it's warm and inviting and people go out of their way to make it a friendly environment so that people learn. And my kids are super into it. Just now, uh, the three youngest kids, um, my, my oldest boy, uh, my other boy, and then my youngest girl, my little eight-year-old, we all went over there and they carved up deer carcasses all night and they could not wait to do it. I don't know if it's because carving up deer carcasses is fun. That's, I mean, that's intrinsically kind of cool, but it's because of the environment over there. And, and the, all these guys are so nice and they're, and they're thoughtful and teaching. So I did the same thing to my, to my son and I'm doing the same thing to my kids, which is you want to recruit, you want, they want to see a happy father. They don't want to see a father that's constantly complaining about um, deer hunting, about the cold. They want to see a father who loves planting trees, who loves making a deer stand, who loves walking in the woods. And even after 10 hours of sitting in the woods and shivering and not seeing anything, you, your people want to see you happy and they want to see you optimistic and they want to see you resilient. And in our businesses and in our personal life, it's all the same thing. They want to see all those things in a leader, right? If you're always scuffing around, if you're negative, if you, if you have a, a negative recessive kind of mindset, if you always blame, excuse, deny, and things like that, people are not only going to not want to do what you do, they're not going to be around, want to be around you either. So then we train. Now that we've recruited, we train we train. So then we go and research weapons. Again, I know assault rifles, shoulder fired rifles, machine guns, M60s, all that other stuff. That's my upbringing with that, right? I didn't grow up with hunting and all that other stuff. So I had to teach myself in my thirties about shotguns and rifles and uh, things like that and slugs and all that other stuff. So you go to people, you know, and trust just like us business owners go to the PCA. You go find the Kuipers, you go find the Elliots, you go find Chris Mole, you go find Jason Paris, you go find the dang people who know what they're doing uh, and then you just go there and ask them. And the great part is just like my hunting party, just like my, 
my painting party, my, my group of friends in the painting industry. How do you do this? Oh, here's how I do it. And in fact, here's all my resources. I'll help you get it set up with it. And then uh, in fact, I will, uh, I will uh, help you with it along the way too. And, and that's what you get in my hunting party. That's what you get in my group of painter friends. Now the training, um, we specifically went to a gun store that I trust. We got everything that we need. It was reasonably priced. We went back to our farm and we practiced. We practiced. I showed my son how to sight it in. I showed him how to pattern. We walked off different yardages. I taught him how to shoot. I taught him how to relax. I taught him uh, in the army. I learned this great breathing exercise from a special forces soldier about firing at the base of your breath where you trigger pull, just like that. Just your body's at ease and things like that. And it's just like the painting thing where you're relaxing your body, you're cutting a wall, you're talking to a client and there may be some tension. It's just that like, it's that process of there's, this is, this is all there for you. It's just all there for you. Trust me, follow me. We got this. My son is a crack shot. He's doing very well. And uh, it's this is his first real year, like sitting in the woods. He's got a legitimate deer license, not an apprentice license. He's out there with me. And uh, yeah, we I, we basically sat there uh, in the in the um, in the weekend, just all day sits with me and him uh, in various places like that. And um, uh, the day that he shot his own deer we had 10 hours logged into the woods and it was our third woods of the day. We snuck in, we snuck out, we we're patterning in deer. We're looking for stuff. We're grunting, we're rattling. I bring it back to the grunting and the rattling. I systematically grunted and rattled all day. And uh, after 10 hours, a deer showed up. I can't prove to you the data and feelings, right? The feeling is, oh my God, I called a deer in. The data is, you don't know if that deer was just sitting in the bushes and that rattle woke him up and he woke up to see what was going on, right? So I don't have any data to prove it actually works, but this beautiful button buck showed up right in front of us. It was a stand that this hunting party helped us clear the woods, move the stand in. It was an old woods that we hadn't used in a while. We revitalized it, hadn't used it in a while. New spot. I was sitting in a 150-year-old white oak tree, my favorite oak tree, with my son. Deer showed up and he did exactly what he should have. He brought his weapon up really, really slowly, no crazy movements. And then he put the crosshairs on it and he shot the deer 30 yards away. The deer died peacefully. And then uh, he gutted it. He did everything. He gutted it. He skinned it, scunned it all out, uh, cut it up. And uh, we ate, we ate the heart uh, that night with my hunting party. So yeah, it was awesome. But it just goes to show you that doing stuff by yourself is fine. It's a hassle to take kids anywhere, let alone hunting, right? But if you don't do that stuff, if you don't do that stuff, if you don't do that inconvenient time of training, you're never going to be at the point where somebody can then help you, right? Or follow in your footsteps or excel beyond you. So again, it is hunting week. I'm bringing this back to hunting, uh, but this is what we do as a family. And you know what? We're going to spend probably, my God, it could be 40, 50 hours together uh, talking, looking out at animals, in nature, just doing that together all in a week. And that doesn't happen all the time. So I wonder sometimes when I'm sitting in the woods, uh, especially during bow season and this, if deer hunting isn't just an excuse for me to not only be in nature, but be in nature with my family, which is really cool. And uh, because I'm a utilitarian, accomplishing something like grabbing a bunch of meat and having good experiences is also a great thing. So uh, if you guys want to see my, my son's first deer, uh, that is posted to Instagram and Facebook. And I give you a rundown of my hunting history and that. And it's really awesome. You guys are huge supporters of me and him. And I appreciate all the kind words. 
again, one more thing on deer hunting that I promise for all you who is just like nails on a chalkboard or you just don't care. Absolutely understand, but understand that this is, this is the culmination of trying to set up a business to the point where I can go hunting every morning and every evening, check in with my business midday, keep things rolling, support my people, have time on the weekends, things like that. Um, yesterday was a really cool experience too. I got to wet my whistle here. So a really cool experience on my own farm, literally from right here, I can see the back of my property where I shot a deer last night. Um, we've owned this property for nine or 10 years. I have been breaking myself to manage the land on this property. We have different biomes. I have an old classmate of mine helping me who's a, a, a land restorationist where he broke it off into biomes and we're systematically working through planting hardwoods and bushes and nuts and berries, clearing this native prairie that making sure that for caterpillars and pollinators and birds and little slimy things and deers and turkey and just everything out there that this biome is just this beautiful crazy place and it's really interesting when we have uh two deer stands on my property we got my my luxury box blind where my family hangs out and i got my archery deer stand that cold metal stand out in what we call the savannah in the back that overlooks the pond and everything and um it's amazing that we manage this land for water, for shelter, for everything. Uh, it's got swamp, it's got marsh, it's got pond, it's got creek, it's got native prairie, it's got woods, uh, homestead, uh, just wildflowers and everything else. And it's amazing when you go to uh, uh, an unkept woods on the corner of a farm, farm field or just some random woods, farm woods around here, you don't see hardly any animals, right? We always think about tons of squirrels and deer and everything. You can sit in these woods and honestly not see any living creature for a long time. You sit on the back of my property and it is a cornucopia. There's probably 60 different birds that come and eat the native seeds. Uh, we see pheasants everywhere, raccoons, possums, rabbits, chipmunks. Uh, I saw a morning dove take a bath in my, in my little homemade pond that I have there, dumped himself in there, was swimming around. Uh, we have deer and everything else, but it's just a wonderful time here. And it just, shows you, you know, like our businesses, like our friendships and things like that, the more intentional you are with them, the more you just plant these, uh, plant these trees under the shade will probably never, you know, sit, uh, investing in the future, even though that future extends far beyond us is a big thing. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. I know that we are reaping the rewards of this property now, but 50 years from now, when all these oak trees that I planted are just like dropping acorns like crazy, lots of shade, things like that. My kids and grandkids are going to have the best dang time of their life out here. I'll never be able to see it. I'll see a little bit of it. I won't be able to see the full thing, but it'll be a legacy that I leave to them because it means a lot to me. So I go there and my kids aren't home from school yet. Uh, I do my final check-in with my business about two or two 30. I leave the office, high five everybody, get it out of there, support my people. Uh, come out here. I change. I walk out to the back of the property. I sit down in my cold metal deer stand. It's actually kind of nice. I was like 50 degrees. So I sat out there. Uh, and it's an amazing thing. I sat there forever. I was watching birds. I'm watching animals. I'm watching things go in and out of the marsh, flocks of red winged blackbirds. What, what I understand is they, they just huge things. They kind of follow each other in the sky and make patterns. They're filling up their guts probably to go South for the winter, but they flock up. They got these big groups and they're all over the trees and the marsh and the noise and everything. Um, and then there's a, there's a thing called shooting light. So uh, <clears throat> uh, sunset's about five o'clock and you get one half hour after sunset to shoot because it's still kind of visible light, 
but they have to mark a time where you just can't shoot guns in the woods at animals anymore. And so it was about 5.30. And 5.28, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flash, a five-point buck with a huge body. It had shoulders just – like this guy was just – diesel running through the woods and of course right down the pads that i mow right by my trail camera the trail camera i think got a picture of him i murped him i murped like that and the weird thing about deer is when you do that to them they literally stop in their tracks and look at you and usually broadside and then you shoot them like that so i murped him like that i gave him a murp he stopped he looked at me i shot and it was dark uh, it was still, it was 528, I think 526, 528, whatever it was, it was two minutes, uh, before the end of shooting light. And, uh, it was a great shot. All that practice. I got a 12 gauge, uh, 870 with a, with a vortex scope. I practiced the living daylights out of that till my shoulder hurts shooting a slug gun. And I got him right underneath the bottom of the shoulder. It only touched his heart. It mushroomed his heart out, came the other side. Literally this guy took four steps and tipped over. It was the it was the fastest I've ever seen a deer die like that. But my kids heard the shot from in the house. My son got me on uh, Snapchat. He called me on Snapchat on a video call. And he said, did you get one? I said, yes. And then I could see them. They collared the dog up, put the flashlights on, and I could see them running from the property, those little jiggling flashlights all over there because they were so happy to come see me and the deer. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's the greatest thing ever, folks. So I think the Slavic boys are five bucks in three years. Uh, I think three of them came from our own land. Two came from others. And uh, yeah, we're having just a great time, folks. So two Slavic boys, two bucks, one on our own property this year. It was a great thing. I promise, last of the deer hunting stuff, um, you know, my family, my business, my personal life is so intertwined. Uh, Ten years ago, when I really got heavy on social media, people said you need to have a very sharp line of demarcation between your business and your personal life because nobody wants to see it mix. Uh, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the people that I want to be around get a kick out of all this stuff, because to say that there's any sort of separation between our personal life, professional life and family life, dude, this is it. These are our lives. Uh, every one of those of the three-legged stool is completely affected by the other. And, uh, it's just a wonderful thing to do folks. You guys know that there is no way that we can separate our personal and professional lives. It is all in there. And, uh, yeah, like we said, like Nick Nagel's just saying on Facebook, a mix is good. You're right. And it's the hardest thing to accomplish ever. And that's uh, one of my goals for 2024 to finalize that. So, all right. But if you guys want to see, uh, I haven't posted my deer yet, but I posted my sons. If you guys want to see that again, I'll thank you for all the kind words out there and stuff. So just as hunting, uh, Chris Mole can require extended periods of waiting and facing obstacles. Owning and running a business demands perseverance in the face of challenges and setbacks. Both activities test your resilience and determination. Yes, absolutely. Also, sneaky thing is, I was wondering this the other day, uh, there's times I can hunt with my family and there's times when I hunt alone. And when I hunt alone, I wonder, I wonder if the time in the woods, God, I think about visioning and planning. That gives me so much energy. I wonder if that's just a great excuse to carve out time in my schedule to think about how I can be a better leader and take care of my people. And especially when we think about planning for 2024, which again, we're kind of coming up on, you know, seven weeks until the end of the end of the year. Um, we got to start thinking about 2024 planning and um, gives me a lot of time to think about my people, how to take care of them and the future of this company. And, and what it can do for all of us together. So yeah, it's a, it's a great time, man. It's so cool. Uh, I got to do a Spanish class for uh, Spanish speaking contractors here in Indy today. Thanks to Sherwin Williams. Oh my God. That's awesome. Manny, I didn't know that was going on today. 
Uh, Spanish-speaking contractors asked for it year after year. Uh, this is a really cool experience. Hoping, yes. So, Manny, one of the coolest things ever is we did women in paint and commercial last week. Uh, about a month ago, six weeks ago, we did the first ever Spanish-speaking contractors conference down in Florida. We had 150 Spanish speakers show up to that thing, uh, headed by Juan Vasquez, my friend, uh, Spanish speaker, and master craftsman as well, too. So um, it's unbelievable that the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association, been around for 140 years. Its mission is to build better contractors. And guess what? That also means women. That also means commercial contractors. And it also means Spanish speakers. Because um, the stats that we're getting back from our big industry partners is that 63% of our industry is Spanish speaking. So if we don't cater to them, the majority of our industry is being left out, which is the stupidest thing we can do as decent human beings and uh, and fellow good people. So uh, Anthony Cade. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. He's complimenting my son's deer. Ah, yes. Dan Sellers, the biggest thing it teaches patience and rewards come from it. Never rush things. You've got it, man. That's awesome. Chris Mole, always good. Joey Smith, greetings from Pennsylvania. Boy, you guys got some big deer out there. Uh, yeah, I always see pictures of stuff out there. It's just awesome. So, let's see oh john pritt how's it going uh we got to press the flesh over at uh, the commercial conference last week john it's awesome to hear your story man and uh glad we're doing this together here so all right let's make sure we're not missing anything on uh, goose painting thanks a lot man on instagram thanking me or yeah complimenting me on the deer <laughs> nick you should try precision shooting so here's the deal um <laughs> recommended to try precision shooting. Here's the deal, man. I went to college for business accounting and marketing and in accounting, uh, precision accounting called tax accounting. Uh, I understood. I, I never had the taste for because on a $4 million tax return, if you were 13 cents off, that might as well be as good as a fail. And for me, that was like freaking close enough, man. Let's move on to something else like 13 cents. Who cares? but it's not good enough for tax accounting. Precision shooting, I love it. it. It's a cool thing. I don't have the I don't have the patience. I don't have the precision. And if we're being honest, especially with like deer hunting and stuff, um, if you hit that deer in 60% of its body, you're going to get a kill shot. Uh, some kill shots are better than others. So for me, it's more like, how can you consistently just do one shot, one kill every single time. Where it is on the deer means a lot to me, but in the end doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> so that's to me, it's like, I, I have a low tolerance there. So <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. let's see what else we got here. All right. Um, ba, 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 ba. Swoosh. Oh yeah, swoosh. So here's the deal. Uh, in the next week or two, I'm going to be announcing my winter retreat. So uh, swoosh painting was asking about the winter retreat. Here's the deal, folks. Uh, we do two a year, uh, possibly more to come on that. We may change that schedule a little bit. Uh, but the winter retreat is coming up in late January. I will be announcing it in a week or two. And then uh, basically whoever, there'll be a Facebook uh, event page. And if you mark yourself as going, I will go through that list and I will pick people and then announce the people that are coming. Now, the, I, I don't mean this to be like a pretentious choose your friends sort of thing. But the thing is, this group has its own culture, right? And we have to have a certain amount of alumni. We have to have a certain amount of new people. And even within that, we have to go big. We have to go small. We have to go lifestyle. We have to go shareholder. We have to go commercial. We have to go residential. Uh, the through line is people who are doing really, really well, really, really intentional, uh, have something they need to solve. 
are open to constructive criticism and share our core values. And what I try to do is create an interesting mix of people every time. There's really only 15 to 18 slots uh, each retreat, and there's way more demand than that. So really what I try to do is how can I get the most interesting group of people together to give back in, in some way to all these things? And of course, the main thrust of these retreats is the ask, right? So you prepare a major ask of the group you present and you get one hour to address this entire group. You can ask them a question. You can ask for uh, guidance. You can ask for perspective. Um, you can just say a bunch of stuff and have us react to it, right? You can get help with a major life decision personally and professionally. And uh, people have uh, done some pretty amazing things after they've come to the retreat. Uh, very proud to usher in that. So swoosh painting, I know we've been in contact, hold tight. Once you see the Facebook group event, uh, we're all over it. So all right. Oh, here we go. Dan Sellards. How's it going, man? As a new company owner operator, what's the best grassroots advertising that can be done? Yard signs on jobs is a door knocking cold calling. Um, so here's the deal. Dan, this is the one question that's asked ad nauseum in our industry. And I don't say ad nauseum to, to downplay it, but literally you know the answer to this. It's just nice to get confirmation every once in a while, which is you got to get the big three. You got to get website. You got to get Google. You got to get social media. So I believe that these are not nice to have, that these are necessary to have. You have to, have to, have to have a website that's easy for people to get a hold of you and schedule estimates. You have to have Instagram and Facebook and you need to post regularly and you have to maintain a Google listing, right? On Google Maps, if you find your business, is there a bunch of reviews? Is there a bunch of pictures? Is there a bunch of updates? Is there a bunch of stuff where you interact with it, right? Is all your information filled out? Is your website, phone number, everything? Do you constantly stay on there and tweak the little things and stuff like that? That will basically is the entrance fee to get you seen. Then what you have to do, uh, you can choose to do things that cost money, things that cost time or things that cost a combination of time and money in order to get um, leads. Um, I would I would usually not recommend spending a bunch of money for leads. I would usually recommend spending your effort because you usually have more time than money when you're starting a business. So um, number one, friends and family, relationships, calling contractors, calling people, you know, putting stuff out there on social media saying, I'm starting a new business. I really want to take care of my family. I'm looking for work to keep me busy. I would love the opportunity. My God, you will have an outpouring. You will have an outpouring of people. You'll have an outpouring of people saying, oh my God, new business. We know you're from the area. I'll find a job for you to estimate. Let's do it. Let's keep your family fed, things like that. I swear to you, if you be active like that, you will do it. Now, here's you do. Here, here's the thing. If you just put a website out there and stand back and get angry because nobody's calling you for paint work, that's your fault, right? You got to get out there and you got to be active. If nothing else, print out some flyers, go door to door, call everybody, you know, put things out there on Facebook. If you stay persistent out there, uh, you will win. The, the key to that is salesmanship uh, and getting out there. Salespeople get a bad name because sometimes they're greasy, sometimes they're pushy, but they're persistent. They are persistent. Think of, I, uh, there was a company that does like hidden fence, you know, the big hidden fence dog thing that I once looked into to get an estimate. And I received three emails a day for six months until I physically had to call the company and tell them to stop. People were calling me, they were emailing me, they were sending me text messages. I mean, they literally did stuff that made me so angry. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't for me, but they're persistent. 
there's a reason why they're a nationwide company when they do that. That may um, align with your core values or not, but if your family's hungry, uh, all of a sudden, you know, being a little more persistent might be good. You always just want to make sure it aligns with the core values of you and your company. So, all right, here we go. Oh, Matt Kuiper, good luck this week, man. We're all thinking about you, Matt. We love you. Uh, Winter treat is the bomb always only for the pure of heart. Oh, dude. We have had some of the best conversations of my life, either on the party barge, on the ski boat, down by the fire, or in that main great room of that lodge. Oh my God, man. I tell you, I, uh, I get, I get, I just energized thinking about it. And, uh, I think we have the five timers club. I think there's been five retreats and I think there's Matt, I want to say you and Chris mole are the only five timers. I think four timers might be Rob Lenzen and Jason Paris. Jason Paris just missed the last one. Otherwise, he would have been to all. But yeah, I think there's the five timers club, the hundred percenters. And I think if I recall, I, it might be you and Chris Mole as there. So that's awesome. Oh, Efren Medina. Oh my God, dude. Uh, friend of the industry out in Seattle area. Uh, dude, can't wait to see you next week. He's going to be there at the contractor reboot. Dude, you're always a big thinker, man. Can't wait for it. So. Manny. Yes, they're hungry for information. Glad I got to share everything I learned from your master's classes. Oh, I love that, dude. Uh, please get out there. Um, take care of our Spanish-speaking contractors, man. I can't speak Spanish. I can provide all that other stuff. I can be there to support them. But uh, you know, if you don't speak Spanish, you can only connect so much. So uh, I am there to support you and them in any way I can. Uh, but I hope to facilitate people like you and Juan and everybody else to take care of our Spanish-speaking contingent. It means the world to us. So uh, Daniel Sellers, I come from Industrial Coding. I have a website. I have the oldest socials and Google reviews. Uh, more just to build and get leads. That's it, man. I'd go out there and hustle old school hustling, man, calling people, you know, relationships like that. So, Oh, Chris. Oh my God. Oh, Chris Mole said, don't forget the hot tub. The hot tub talks, uh, at the retreats are, are quite amazing. Quite amazing. Uh, Oh, swoosh painting, man, winter retreat, life goals, get on it. And also swoosh Nick at nickslavic.com. I know we've been in contact when you see that thing uh, announced, a uh, little inside tip here. Uh, if you are persistent and email me a whole bunch about the winter or summer retreats, your chances of getting in are way better, way better. So, all right. Do, 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 do. Ah, Brad Ellison, my good buddy. Uh, winter retreat is a can't miss. Nothing like a brisk negative 16 degree run outside. So uh, for this winter's retreat, again, announced shortly. I just got to clean off my camera here a little bit. There we go. Um Hot tub, private lodge, three buildings, four buildings sometimes. Tennis court, not useful in the winter, but great in the summer. Um, we have snowmobiles in the winter. We have ice fishing. We have spearing. We can cut a huge hole in the ice like an aquarium and spear fish uh, out of a frozen lake. Uh, what else are we going to do this year? Oh, yeah, we do breath at work exercises, some yoga, mindfulness in the morning. We have our private chef, Jesse, who who literally, uh, he has a crazy government job uh, that takes care of him really well, but he's an aspiring private chef. He owns his own company, and he literally takes time off of work to private cater and private cook at all of our retreats, dude. And it is absolutely awesome. And like Brad Ellison is saying here, sauna, still getting to the sauna. So we have a sauna trailer that gets dropped off. And uh, this last time, the Turries, our friends from Headwater Painting, brought a cold plunge. So we were cold plunging and doing that. And uh, yeah, it, it was just an awesome time. And uh, it was kind of funny. You know, some people have no tolerance for that. And it was hilarious. Jeremy Gilliland, a uh, master craftsperson, uh, one of our friends, uh, husband, wife team with Kimberly, um, 
uh, Red Tulip Designs down in Oklahoma. He got in that dang ice bath. I think he could have sat there for two hours, man. He just plunked himself down in there, did one of these things. And honestly, we're like, dude, you couldn't even tell he was standing in the, uh, in the, uh, in the ice bath. So yeah, it's a, dude, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So I would urge you like, yes, I make it, I make it pretentious. I make it interesting. But also if you've ever been there and had one of those conversations, you're going to walk away a changed human. And, uh, I'm lucky that I get to sit there and be witness to all that stuff. So, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Chris Mull, uh, full cinema room. We have a, a private theater in the basement of it like that. And, uh, it's just awesome. So, all right, let's go back through IG, see if I missed anything. Need to be oh Brian's painting. Do you have any data on your door hanger campaign? We don't have enough data yet. So here's the thing: I threatened the universe with door hangers, and we're getting a lot of leads. <laughs> but we're not doing door hangers. We've done a little bit of it here, but uh, leads are coming in from our marketing efforts. And for me, the door hangers was an attempt to use up time that we already had, sunk cost time. Uh, so if our estimators didn't have that time, or our apprentices didn't, we we're going to go out there and do door hangers. The thing is, we're getting a lot of leads and a lot of uh, estimates. So I threatened the universe with door hangers, and the universe came back at me and said, aha, we're not going to let you do that experiment. Here's a bunch of leads. And I was like, oh, tricked me, didn't you? So no, it's, it's going really well, guys. My two estimators in the six months of winter, they really kick it into low gear and they really get after it. They start calling. We start doing door hangers. We start reactivating old clients. We reach out, we, we make calls to thank people for business, things like that. They're really getting after it. And it's just an awesome thing to see those guys operate. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, all right, let's see here. Let's check my hit list here. Boy, I think we almost got it, guys. Uh, if you guys have any last questions, comments, any topics you want to go over, uh, I can take a look-see. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to scan my list, scan my questions here, and we'll see if there's any last uh, if there's any last stuff to go over here. Hmm. I'll tell you what I'll do. While we're waiting here, I'm going to share a screen with you guys real quick. All right. Contractor Reboot, everybody. This is on the PCA's website. Uh, you can go register here. All the information you need next week, 16th to 17th in Seattle. Seattle has some of the biggest thinkers, the coolest people in our industry. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, we got some uh, da, 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 da. We got some prices. We got some times, event logistics. Uh, we got the speakers. Uh, this is always a good one. So do, 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 do. Oh, change, change over screen. Come on. Okay, let's hide this one. Do, 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 do. Let's share another screen. Here we go. Share that. All right, take that internet. Okay, lots of familiar faces here. We also got a great mix of humans here. So uh, yeah, uh, you you will know and recognize some of these peoples, the Danny Kerrs, the Jason Parises. Oh my God. The Morgan Knoxes, the Brandons, Scott Lawlers, Art Snarzik. Oh yeah. It's folks, this is going to be an awesome event. Uh, there's going to be so many familiar faces uh, from the area uh, in Seattle there, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. So let's hide. Let's hide and let's get back to this. Oh, we got some data coming in. Do, 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 do. Door hang uh, Brad Ellison, door hangers. Sent out 100,000 this year, spent around 31,000, around 300K in revenue. Uh, uh, let's see, was that, uh, Brad, was that door hangers or was that uh, postcards? Do, 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 do. Ah, biggest tip to new owners. Oh, dude, Dan, here's, here's the deal. Nick at nickslavic.com. 
I have a dump truck load of resources in a quick reference way that I can send you to help you out. The PCA has painters training and business owner training. Ask a Painter is about to embark on uh, the series of shows that's everybody's favorite, Mastering the Basics Over the Winter. Systematically, I have an eight-step guide on how to professionalize your business. And I'm going to devote single shows to single topics where we deep dive into each one of the ways in order that I would do them to professionalize your business, to lower the roller coaster of feelings and emotions, make you profitable, make happy clients, and take care of your people like nothing else. And we're going to go one show, one topic. And at the end of that show, I give you my email address and I give you all my resources uh, for free because I want people to do better in this industry. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. So uh, Dan, to get that kicked off, email me nick at nickslavic.com. I'll send you that um, steps to professionalization. It's got hyperlinks to all my Ask a Painter live shows. You follow that stuff, you get the resources. I can guarantee you, you'll be in the 1%, top 1% of the industry here. So oh, here we go. Hey, Nick, uh, congrats on the dear man. Cheers. Question. What are some of the challenges you face when scaling with getting a solid team in place, specifically the pain points that really help you shift things for momentum? Lots of thoughts on this. Um, number one, you're not going to hire the right people all the time, right? It's just your batting average is probably not going to be that high if we're going to be honest. Uh, but number one, uh, number one is that just understand that number two, understand this is very hard to do, right? The only problems that we have in business are related to people. That's just how it is. And their personalities and their incentives and things like that. Number three, uh, when somebody is not doing something right, you have to decide whether it's a core value violation or a technical violation. Did they, did something go wrong because they missed something on a work order or did they not answer that email because they don't like answering emails or because they're too lazy to answer those emails or they like to get away from accountability? Uh, if there's a core value violation, you need to come down hard and you need to fire. Um, training of course, but literally you need to come down very hard on core value violations with technical violations. You need empathy and you need training give or take. And so you just have to suss out what's a core value violation and what is a technical violation like that, things like that. Uh, violation is a harsh word, but I, it gets the point across. Um, trying to think what number five would be in that. Um, you need, you need to even create the possibility for success for your people, right? So many people hire good people have no standard operating procedures, no training, no onboarding, no support system. And they wonder why their people fail. And then they get pissed off because you just don't hire this person. They know what they're doing and they just do it forever all on their own. Um, number six, your people need a manager, man. We need managers. There are almost no humans on earth that will figure it out on their own, constantly innovate and do it forever. That's just the truth. It's just the truth, man. They need, I used to say, repetitive support. A good manager supports by the minute, by the quarter hour, by the hour, by the half day, by the day, by the week, by the month, by the quarter, by the year. Constant support. Constant support. The best managers on earth are literally 15 seconds away from anything their people needs. But it's not always handing them the answer or doing something for them. It's supporting them. If somebody has a question, you ask them, well, here's, give me some information about this. What would you do in this situation? If you did that, what could the upside and the downside be? 
making that decision, does that move you closer to your goal or farther away from your goal? Which of those choices that you just proposed to me aligns with our core values? Is it good for the customer? Is it good for you? Is it good for the company? Is it good for our people? Is it good for some of those, all of those? A good manager is there to make sure your people excel. You are the guide. You are the guide and not the hero. Your people are the hero. You need to be there for them to make sure that they get the wins and that you're there to facilitate all of it. That's a big thing. So you are going to have people problems. You're going to have people problems. They are heartbreaking. They're the worst things we have to deal with, but you have to have standard operating procedures and training and database systems to tell them if they're doing good or bad. You have to have an incentive system to make them work hard and you need to support the living hell out of them. If they still can't make it at that, you know, there's nothing you can do and you need to exit in them from the company. Uh, but true people that share your core values will excel in a high, high support sort of thing. So Scott, this is what I'm devoting my life to right, man, uh, right now, man. And it probably will be the rest of my life. I have a lot of deep thoughts. I've not had it solved. My batting average is probably pretty low, but my God, can I put together a good team of people? So, yeah. Will we ever see an Alaskan Ask a Painter retreat? That might be the executive retreat where we get together six people where we do a little caribou hunting or something or a buffalo hunting up there. Chris Mole, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Kodiak Island, I love that. Uh, let's see here. Just painting. Oh, we got some door hanger talk. Local door hanger distributes them. Uh, we did a ton of EDDM, another data set, uh, approximate same ROI. Love that, man. Love the data and feelings. Uh, Elder. Allegria, when do the shows begin? So here's the deal, folks. Here's my promise to you. I'm here on a Wednesday night. It's kind of late, give or take. I'm in hunting clothes, right? I still got deer blood on my hands. Uh, this is my pirate ship and I'll sail it when I want. But but um, when we get into winter, when we get into mastering the basics where I go through all those shows, there will be a set time. Last year, I did 8 or 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, Central Time. I think we're going to continue that. Uh, there was great engagement. I hate to take up family time like that, but it really is a good way to engage with my people. Uh, I really do like that. So I think we're going to have, we're going to pick a Saturday or a Sunday and we're going to pick a morning time and I'm going to have a regular time and date for you guys. Just so again, if we're talking about professionalization, ask a painter is a LLC. It's another company. It's got four verticals, areas that I specialize in. And each of those verticals is a separate little business segment that has its own little plan. It is a professional thing. You couldn't tell by looking at me in this setting right now, but it is something with a lot of intentionality. When I get into winter, I promise you guys a standardized schedule, just like I always do. But when summer, can I have a little fun? I got to catch shows when I can, where I can. Um, if we just did 8 a.m. Saturday morning from my war room all the time, it would get old. So you find me in the deer stand. You find me on the lake. You find me doing fun stuff like that. So hang tight, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight. Oh man. Love this stuff. Love this stuff. Everybody's connecting on Facebook. Um, let's go through here. 
Uh, Nathan Hutzel, how you doing, man? Hanging cabinet doors versus spraying flat. I am a huge fan of spraying flat. I think the finish is better. It does take longer to finish them. Uh, it's also easier for apprentices to learn. You can also put a heck of a lot of enamel on those things without it running. Hanging is obviously more efficient. You can spray all the sides at once. It comes with some more difficulties of moving them around and stuff. Uh, so it's kind of a pro and con of each. But honestly, we can do a com you know a, a complete set of cabinet doors, start to finish, prep, prime, two coats of enamel, SVT in between, all that stuff in three days in the shop. And really, there's a budget of probably 13 hours over the course of three days. So really, one person could do three sets of uh, average sets of cabinets in about three days in our shop following our processes. So it's super efficient, super fast. And guess what? The job site usually isn't done quicker than three or four days anyway. So it's one of those things where if we can finish them all in one day, they'd still be sitting in our shop for two days until we hang. So you know our processes, Nathan. You apprenticed under us. Uh, but I love that. I love that question of hang versus that, which um, Lord knows you guys know that I've done everything. If there's if there's a way to spray a cabinet, uh, I've tried every racking system. I've tried every hanger. I've tried every homemade system. I've done everything. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Oh my God, Goose Painting, what's your favorite country song? Uh, I could go down. The, so I'm not, this is one of those things where like people ask you, hey, do you have a joke or do you have a favorite joke or what's your favorite song or things like that? It takes me a little while to recall because if I really looked at my Spotify playlist right now, uh, it's about 900 songs deep. Uh, I'd have to go through and find that. But I am a huge fan, <laughs> a huge fan of Copenhagen uh, by Chris Ledoux and a bunch of other country songs. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I, I forget the name of the guy. Uh, I love some of the old country too. Uh, uh, I can't, I can think of the chorus, but I can't think of the song. Uh, one of the strangest country songs that I got turned on to years ago was one by Kenny Rogers. It's, um, I, I think it's called No, I, I forget what the song is called, but the chorus is, to see what condition your condition is in. And it's a psychic or uh, uh, psychedelic trippy hippie song sung by a weird old country guy where he's talking about psychedelic drugs. And it's unlike anything Kenny Rogers ever did. And it's the craziest song ever, but it's got a really cool lick in it. And it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, but I will tell you this, uh, my wife actually turned me on to Chris Stapleton, that dude, can play some damn songs, man. Uh, my wife actually took me to one of his concerts. I don't go to concerts at all. Not because I don't like them, just because I don't. I had one of the greatest times of my life. And uh, it was so good. My wife just got us tickets for when he comes around again. But God dang, Chris Stapleton, that is a good singer. But if I go through my Spotify playlist, uh, there are some absolute bangers on there, as the kids say, for old country. I absolutely love uh, old country. Um I'm, I'm a sucker for some sappy, slow country songs. I mean, think about like um, Strawberry Wine, you know, that song like that. Like, it's just one of those things where I heard it when I was a kid and I just love that song. And it's so sad and so slow and whatever else. But uh, it's just just dropped in, Chris Mole, just dropped in. Let's see if we can play you guys out on one of those things here. So uh, let's see, get in Spotify. I'm probably going to get this show taken down for... Ooh, uh, for copyright infringement. Oh, sorry. Let's get in here and just, yeah. And, uh, if you guys, 
Oh my God. If you guys ever want to peruse down my Spotify playlist sometime, I would play music during these things and like just go through the Rolodex of fun songs, but uh, that stuff will get you taken down really quick. So I'll put this at the end of this and end of the episode, but that is a great question, man. Goose painting. I freaking love that. What's your favorite country song? Mm, Let's see what else we got here. Instagram, man, you guys, thanks for watching tonight. All right, here we go. Do, 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 do. Oh my God, Chris Mole. I could see you singing that song, man. So yeah, um, there's uh, people love to do this pretentious thing where they're like, oh my God, my music tastes are so eclectic. It's all over. There's like indie ska. And then I take like, you know, uh, Arabian uh, death metal. And then there's like a Russian folk music and hardcore gangster rap from the eighties. And it's like, they do that just to do it to try to make themselves feel more interesting. But honestly, I've, I've told the story before, uh, from 10 years old, I was forced to listen to a classic rock and I loved it for the first 10 years of doing that with my dad from 10 to 20. And it's awesome. But after a while you listen to over the air, classic rock, you hear the same two Leonard Sinner, Leonard Skinner songs and the same three kiss songs over and over in ACDC again. And honestly, those are the greatest bands, greatest songs in the world. I cannot listen to another one. So anytime I hear a good song, I just add it to my Spotify playlist. And over the last couple of years, it's grown to about 900 songs here. So, um, Rick Mixell, after all this time, one of my old painters and I got the traction book and we're going through it together. Oh dude, I just, gave the traction book to my high school intern, Jack, and his eyes lit up. I just absolutely love this. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Dan's a pansic. Of course you would, you would be one of those pretentious music guys. I only listen to Canadian 42 year olds. It's a vibe, dude. If that is a Spotify playlist and you share it, it will be my Spotify playlist for the next year. I could, I could, Hey, listen, anything is a pansic listens to, I trust your guys in, in tasting a lot of things just cause I know you guys. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. I think uh, having no more questions, comments, whatever, I say we play ourselves out on one of the strangest country music songs, if you can even uh, call it that, uh, ever. And uh, we'll get the we'll get the show taken down. But guess what? It's fine. You guys were here for it live. The show will live in infamy. I guess it'll just be one of those things. So, dude, you you can't believe Kenny Rogers sings this song, man. Listen to this. It busts it hardcore. This is exactly what you guys signed up for with Escapator. You want to hear Kenny Rogers songs from the 60s and Chris Mould cheer along uh, with me and Deer Hunting Club. I'm sure this is exactly what you guys wanted, right? Too bad. This is what you get. So it is what it is. It's free. Enjoy, right? Here it comes, folks. Good one. Oh, it really lays it down right now. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Man, that's how you do it right there. Brad Allison, no marketing info tonight, my friend. <laughs> you can tell your wife is a good use of your time watching Nick Slavic on the internet and listening to Kenny Rogers songs from halfway across the country. Be great. So um, if by some chance that this show does not get taken down and censored because of copyright infringement, uh, we can stay under the radar. Maybe we play out every show by another weird song um, 
from my Spotify playlist. You guys pick a genre, you pick something, and I will see if I have something there. You ask me about a certain uh, yeah genre, style of music, artist, and if I have it in my playlist, maybe we play out the show on something like that. So yeah, this is gonna be great. So all right, I got a couple slips left, but we're gonna call it a night, folks. So after a while, this will turn into not a great week of my time uh, since I do have a family as well. So. Banger, as the kids say, right, Chris Paul? It'd be fun to get together a uh, Ask a Painter live Spotify event where everybody gets to throw three songs on it or something. Just do a kind of crazy mishmash we can make on the internet. So uh, I wonder, I've seen the comments completely stop. I've seen the viewership completely freeze. I wonder if I didn't just get pulled off the internet. So, oh, this is awesome. All right, folks. That's Kenny Rogers in the first edition from the album All-Time Greatest Hits Volume 1 from 1992. The song is from way earlier than that. It has been played 55 million times on, on Spotify. And it is the most popular song that Kenny Rogers in the first edition had. And I could be a radio DJ. I just played that sucker out, man. This is awesome. All right, everybody. You guys have a good rest of the evening. Uh, best episode ever. Great. Thanks. The time that I don't talk about painting and entrepreneurship or job costing, Chris. And, and this is the one you like, of course. Of course. It's been seven and a half years of doing this. So, all right, everybody. I appreciate you all. Um, oh, my God. You guys got a unique show tonight. I, I'm in a good mood. So, all right. We will probably see you guys this weekend from the Deer Blind. And then, folks, Mastering the Basics. We're hit it. So, all right, everybody. Have a good evening. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.